Welcome to Wisconsin DNR's Wild Wisconsin Off the Record Podcast. Information straight from the source. Welcome back to another episode of Wild Wisconsin Off the Record. I'm your host, DNR's Digital Media Coordinator, Katie Grant. These are unprecedented times. As we embrace our new normal, we at the DNR hope you find this podcast to be a little escape from all things COVID-19. On this episode of Wild Wisconsin, I talk with award-winning journalist, author, and hiking enthusiast, Melanie Redzicki-McManus. Available now, the Wisconsin native's first book, The Thousand Miler, is a memoir about her record-setting trail run of the Ice Age National Scenic Trail. Melanie has traveled the world hiking and trail running. She joins us to talk about her journey. As you know, several things are postponed with COVID-19, including this podcast. We recorded this episode before the COVID-19 pandemic when Melanie was about to start her next long through hike. You'll hear a bit more about that in this episode, but which we wanted you to know that she is back home and safe now. As a friendly reminder, under Governor Evers' Safer at Home order, for those looking to explore the outdoors, we encourage you to stay in your local community and social distance to help slow the spread of COVID-19. For now, listen in to my conversation with Melanie Radzicki McManus, The Thousand Miler. My name is Melanie Radzicki McManus, and I am a freelance writer. Um, travel is one of my specialties, and I write a lot about hiking in particular, uh, or active travel, but hiking is my, my super niche spot. Yeah. yeah. So we brought you on here today to talk about one of the experiences you've had here in Wisconsin. Uh, so back in 2013 and in 2015, you actually ran the Ice Age Trail. Why did you decide that this was something you wanted to do in the first place, and why the Ice Age Trail specifically? Well, it's kind of a longish answer, <laughs> and it stretches back to, uh, I guess you could say 2009 when I first learned about the Camino um, in, um, in uh, Spain. Okay. It's an ancient pilgrimage trail, and a lot of people were hiking it. So I went over to Spain, and I was just captivated by this long-distance trail and following these yellow blazes through the Spanish countryside. And so I started going back many times, writing many articles. I had an, an app guidebook on the Camino. And then in 2012, a running friend of mine named Jason Dorgan told me about something called the Ice Age Trail in Wisconsin. And he said, it's a lot like this Camino you love so much, Melanie. So I researched it that night and I was flabbergasted because <laughs> here I was a travel writer for, I don't even know at that time, 20 some years, I'd never heard of the Ice Age Trail. When I learned that it was a long distance hiking trail, twice the length of the Camino, almost 1,200 miles in my own backyard, one of just 11 prestigious national scenic trails, I knew I had to um, explore it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't have too much time to take off of work to explore it. So I thought, well, I, I want to hike the whole thing and run it, um, or I want to explore the whole trail. I don't have that much time, but I'm good at running, so I could actually run the trail like my friend Jason did, who had set what's called a fast packing record on the trail in, in 2007. And I thought, oh, he's the only one that's ever tried to do it, and he's a guy, so I could say <laughs> I could set the record for women and just have a bunch of fun in the process, write a bunch of stories, learn about the trail, et cetera. So that's, that's what got me started the first time in 2013, and then I just got so hooked 
Um, I was obsessed in a healthy way (laughs) with the trail and being outside for such a long period of time. And so I decided I wanted to write a book about it. And then that meant I needed to hike it again. Or or that's what I told my husband. (laughs) Once wasn't enough. Right. So it's like I had to do it again. Opposite direction for the book. There you go. So I did it twice. So you wrote a book. Tell us a little bit about, about the experience of writing the book and I guess what it's called so we can find it. It's called Thousand Miler Adventures Hiking the Ice Age Trail. And it's the story, it's a story of the Ice Age Trail. It gives the history, it talks about my experience on the trail. And that's kind of the thread that holds the book together. And as I encounter different hikers along the trail, I weave their stories into the book as well. I also have a chapter devoted to Jason and his um, fast packing attempt, and another chapter devoted to the first person to through hike the trail who did it back in. I think like 1979 when I was probably in a disco. <laughs> wow. What what were your favorite segments of the Ice Age Trail? I'm glad you said favorite segments with an S because <laughs> I'm a person who never has one favorite. There are so many wonderful segments in this trail. Um, I like the Chippewa, Chippewa Moraine segment a lot. It's in the northwest portion of the state because it's just kind of a perfect, you know, not too hilly but not flat. The trails are all perfectly groomed. You pass these beautiful lakes. I love um, the uh, Point Beach section, which is around uh, two rivers. And I had never been to Point Beach State Park, even though it's close to where I grew up in Sheboygan. But that's um, beautiful pine forest, cushy. I like that. And two miles are right on Lake Michigan, which having grown up in Sheboygan, I just really love Lake Michigan. So that's unique. Um, I love the Lodi and Lodi Marsh segments that are near us here in Madison. There's just so many, and they're all different, which is um, another thing that's wonderful about the Ice Age Trail. Slinger goes right through Slinger and passes this awesome shop selling the best ice cream. (laughs) I hope that you made a pit stop for some ice cream. I did. Good, good. Um, Yeah, it's, it's interesting that on one stretch of trail through one state, there's so much varied terrain and landscape and things to see and things to do and uh, everything like that. Since your experience on the Ice, tra- Ice Age Trail, you've explored some other famous trails throughout the world. You mentioned the Camino in Spain. Tell us a bit about some of your other adventures. Maybe what was your favorite? Uh, don't say that word favorite again. <laughs> favorite. <laughs> yes. Um, I did a hike in Iceland called the Laugaviger Trail. And one in New Zealand, um, the Tongariro Crossing. And both of those are rated um, as some of the best hikes in the world. And what I loved about those two destinations is the scenery was so um, different. I mean, Mm -hmm. it looked otherworldly, like someone just made it up for a a movie set or something. So those I really liked. But honestly, and every trail goes through just beautiful terrain. It's all different whether uh, I hiked the Arizona Trail last year. You know, that's all desert climate, Mm -hmm. very different from what we have here. That has beauty in its own way. Um, To the New England Trail, I hiked that. It's another national scenic trail. Um, Very much in some ways like Wisconsin, but very different because uh, a lot of mountains and rocky outcrops. But everything is just beautiful. Being outdoors is, is wonderful. There's so much beauty in the world. Right, right. Now, how many have you actually hiked and how many have you run? Is Ice Age the only one that you've done more running on than hiking? Yes, definitely. I mean, the Ice Age Trail, again, I was trying to have fun with it the first time um, by running it and saying I could be, I have the through hike 
fast packing record for women, but also again, as I had said, to just so I wouldn't have to take so much time away from work. And then I did it again in, in 2015 because I had a really compressed time frame by the time the book deal came through and I had some other obligations. But you know, now I'm getting kind of too old for that. So <laughs> I'm just doing the hiking on th these other uh, yeah. uh, trails. But I am, I have set a goal of trying to hike all 11 National Scenic Trails before I die. <laughs> How far are you on that list? I'm going to start number five next week. All right. And yeah, and I'm in, I've got a sixth that I'm in the process of section hiking. So there's two ways you can hike these trails. You, do, you can do a through hike, which means you do it all at once, or a section hike where you do it in sections over time. Yeah. So where are you going to explore next? Next week? Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very unusual trail called the Potomac Heritage National Scenic Trail. Um, most of the other National Scenic Trails are a typical kind of point-to-point -point trail, but this one um, is billed by the National Park Service as a braided network of trails. So they're trying to showcase the best scenery and history of the Potomac River. So they've taken a lot of existing trails. Uh, for example, there's one called the Mount Vernon Trail that goes from Washington, D.C. out to Mount Vernon. That's its own okay. Mount Vernon Trail, but it's also part of the Potomac Heritage National Scenic Trail. So logistically, it's a little difficult to hike because there's a lot of back and forth, and um, some of the trails aren't as well marked as some of the others, and they don't have exact mild mileage counts. So it's been it'll be a little bit of a guessing game as to how long I'm out there. <laughs> What's the estimate on mileage for that? I've seen everything from they mostly say seven to nine hundred, but I've okay. seen one that said as much as eleven hundred. So oh, okay. It'll be a fun adventure. It sure will. <laughs> <laughs> What's the craziest experience you've had on the trails? <laughs> I'm going to tell you two. One didn't quite happen to me. If, I was When I was on the Ice Age Trail in 2015 and I had a friend crewing me, which is the, he would drop me off at the start of the day and then meet me several times during the day to offer food and snacks and water and things like that. And when I met him at one of the trail crossings, he said, oh, my gosh, there were just two nude hikers out here. And I said, what? And apparently two men have been section hiking the Ice Age Trail always in the nude. All right. <laughs> Which, so, yeah, call that crazy. I, I don't understand. I was very scratched up all over that day on my arms and legs, and I can't imagine finding it enjoyable <laughs> yeah. to be naked. But So that was crazy. But luckily I didn't see, did not see them. But another kind of weird encounter I had, this was on the Superior Hiking Trail up in Minnesota, was um, I saw a groundhog in the middle of the path. And I thought, oh, cute groundhog, and it didn't run away, which I thought was amazing. So I took my camera out, and I took a bunch of pictures. And then as I went to walk, it puffed its fur out, and it started snapping these big, long, brown teeth at me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I tried everything for like 20 minutes to get this thing to move. I tried kind of jabbing my trekking pole at it, screaming, blowing my whistle, hiding for a while, coming back out. And it just was right in the middle of that path and would, did not want me to pass. I actually called my husband because I was kind of on the, sort of on the top of a mountain and said, can you Google how to get past a groundhog? <laughs> and he's like, okay. And the answer was, just walk around it. And I said, I can't just walk around it. I'm afraid it's going to bite me. And then I started thinking maybe it was a rabbit because, oh. you know, every other wildlife just runs away from you. So I remember, thank goodness, I had some mace that my husband had given me just in case. And so I, I didn't even know how to work it. <laughs> I was afraid I'd spray myself, but luckily um, I sprayed it and it hit it and it ran away right away. And then oh, I good. ran by, but 
that was kind of scary. And then when I think back, it's like, it was a little groundhog, but it, it had those big teeth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure at the time they looked way scarier than they actually were. I know. <laughs> Beyond the Ice Age Trail here in Wisconsin, do you have any other favorite trails in the state for running, hiking, exploring? You know, a lot of, in retrospect, looking, now that I know what the Ice Age Trail is, a lot of the trails that I've hiked on and enjoyed happen to be part of the Ice Age Trail. Um, but that being said, like Indian Lake, for example, I go to a lot, mostly because it's close, but I do like it a lot. And there's a section of that, that's the Ice Age Trail, but many other segments of that that are not. I like the trails at Devil's Lake a lot. How can you not like that? Right, right. I like Lapham Peak um, quite a bit. And having grown up in um, Sheboygan, I did a lot of hiking in the northern Kettle Moraine. So those are wonderful trails. So yeah, I would say those are some of my favorites for sure. Yeah, there's lots to explore here. Definitely. For sure. sure. So let's talk a little bit about getting ready for these long hikes. Uh, Do you do any sort of cross training or anything in preparation? And what else is involved in getting ready for one? Um. I don't usually train for a big hike per se, but that's only because I'm a very active person. I like being outside and I like working out. So um, I'm normally doing some kind of workout six days a week, and that includes not just, say, running or elliptical, but also exercise, like push-ups and things like that. So I have a good base, which I'm fortunate. Um, But then when, if you're getting ready for any adventure, whether it's hiking for several weeks or just for a day or two, you have Mm -hmm. to pay attention to the terrain, make sure you have appropriate clothing, always have um, water, snacks, uh, a phone or something for emergencies, whistles, a little bit of first aid um, supplies on you, that type of thing. And it's always good, no matter where you're, how safe a trail is or how urban it is, just to let somebody know where you're going to be. Um, I know a lot of women in particular are nervous about hiking by themselves. I get that question a lot. And I'm not um, I'm not afraid at all of being out there alone. But that being said, you always have to take simple precautions. Yeah. Yeah, it's smart to stay safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the part about letting someone know where you are, I feel like that goes for anyone going out into Wisconsin's outdoors ever. Right. You know, whether whether you're hiking, hunting, fishing, whatever it may be, just let someone know where you are so if something does happen, they can find you. Exactly. When you are out on the trail, what are some of your favorite go-to snacks to stay fueled other than ice cream? <laughs> I have eaten a lot of ice cream along the Ice Age Trail, so if anyone wants to ever know where the best spots are, they can call me. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I started out doing all like energy bar things, mostly because I was going to be running and I thought my stomach can't handle anything more. Mm -hmm. But what I've learned over time is not that energy um, bars aren't real food, but real food tastes real good. (laughs) So I started doing more packing regular sandwiches and I still have some energy bars and things like that. But, um, you know, dried fruit is good. Nuts are good. Um, some candy is good, especially if you're going all day. You do need some calories, so mm-hmm. it's nice to have a, a big candy bar <laughs> that I don't normally let myself eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you prefer to listen to any music or podcasts or anything, or just be out there in nature, enjoy the sounds? 
Mostly I like to be out in nature and enjoy the sounds. I love the sounds of the wind of wind going through the different um, tree branches and all the different noises uh, branches can make. You wouldn't believe it. Everything from like a um, an old door, big wooden door creaking open in a mm-hmm. haunted house or something to some that sound like a you know a boat rubbing against a dock or something. That being said, especially if I'm on a long distance hike where I may be hiking for eight or ten hours a day, um, toward the end when I start getting tired, I need music or podcasts or something to kind of distract me. So that's when I switch to that. Okay. You know. Keep you going. Right. So in some of your recaps of, of hiking, running the Ice Age Trail, you mentioned that you did it kind of in September because you don't like the heat. And then, of course, it ended up being a super hot September anyway. <laughs> um do you get out on the trails in the winter? I do. Yeah. Um, yes, I like to snowshoe. That's actually my trail name now, snowshoe. <laughs> um, and there's great snowshoeing on a, a lot of the trails all over the state. Um, and that's a great activity. I'm trying to get more people into it because so many people say, oh, it's winter, you know, snow, it's cold. Mm-hmm. But unless you're talking, you know, zero or below zero, it's you generate heat when you're out there snowshoeing and it's it's so beautiful when you get into some of the woods where they're just you know the snow is so deep and it's so quiet and just so beautiful out there yeah and uh cross-country skiing is nice too and then sometimes when we don't have that much snow we'll just hike on the trails in our boots right and just it helps to have uh if you're doing that some kind of traction device like yak tracks or um, ice cleats or something um, because it can get icy. Right. Yeah. Do you have any tips for other cold weather gear that you love or have to have? Well, I'm a big fan of trekking poles year round. Um, They're useful for so many ways, not just balance or taking weight off your knees. You can see um, if how deep water is in the summer and the winter, you can see um, if the ice is thick, you know, how how, uh, solid the ice is. Um, in the summer, it, they keep your arms parallel to the ground, which means you don't get really swollen fingers. Um, so I love that's like a little my little secret tip. Yeah, <laughs> I just discovered that by using them. But they come in handy for well, didn't help with the groundhog, but for <laughs> other wildlife, you know, if you need to kind of draw yourself up large or just uh-huh. look scary, you know, trekking poles can help for that. Yeah, and um, hydration. I'm just going to mention too because we've been talking about year round, but a lot of people think if it's winter, you don't need need water you don't need as much water and you definitely need water and sometimes you can you need more water and it's and you need to remember to drink your water because right. I'm bad about that too I'll take all this water in the winter and then sometimes it's like uh, I'm not thinking to drink it but it's really important to do that to stay hydrated for sure for sure what advice would you give to someone who's interested in maybe running the Ice Age Trail for the first time or doing a long through hike kind of a thing any any Tips for beginners? Well, if you're going to do something like running, um, make sure uh, you have a big uh, base, a deep base for running. Um, I had been running for decades before I started that and did long runs on the weekends and things like that. Um, and for if you want to do a, thinking of a long through hike and you're um, maybe not, haven't hiked that much, just make sure you start getting out on the trails and getting yourself used to it and building up slowly. You can also start, a lot of people start these long hikes and just start out and build their way as they're hiking. So for example, maybe your first day 
uh, you hike five miles. Maybe your first week you hike five miles a day or eight miles a day, and then your next week you bump up to 12 or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's always good to start um, slowly and do some research so you know what you're going to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there, what I didn't know when I started the Ice Age Trail, despite nine months of research, I didn't realize that that trail and many of our others um, are maintained by volunteers. And what that means is um, people like you and I go out in their free time and they trim back the trail amongst other things or put fresh markings. Mm -hmm. But it's all, people can't be out there keeping the trail in perfect condition every minute of every day. All I had in my head was, it's a National Scenic Trail and there's only 11. And I was picturing some like Disney-esque type <laughs> of path where, you know, every there'd be no weeds or rocks or roots and it would be just, you know, perfectly mowed. And mm-hmm. when I got out there, there were some sections that were pretty overgrown because volunteers just hadn't gotten there yet. And so you have to be prepared for that. Um, if you're going to, most trails have some kind of, organization or place where you can find out information where you can call locally and just say what's the trail like so if you don't want to be in a situation of wading through knee-high brush or something um, just call and say what's this this is where I want to hike you know what's it like right now mm-hmm. and someone will be able to tell you or if you like the adventure <laughs> go for it be, anyway yes be surprised by what you'll encounter yeah yeah Anything else that you want us to know about your your adventures, your experience, things that people should know before they get into this? Two things. Um, first of all, get out on the Ice Age Trail in Wisconsin and start exploring. You will be blown away by the beauty. I thought I had seen so much of the state just from whether it's driving in the car or times when I've hiked or, bu- or biked or ran through different parks. but. The trail takes you to so many places you just wouldn't normally stop and you would not believe how beautiful it is. Mm -hmm. And then also I would uh, say, please, people, get outside and move. There's so many studies that show being out in nature is healthy for you. And and, uh, especially there's a link between walking and being in nature. And I'm here to tell you it's absolutely true. I cannot believe how therapeutic it was to be out there day after day in nature all the stress and anxiety levels go way down and um, it's just wonderful so whether you can spare an hour Mm -hmm. a day three days just do it you'll love it are you feeling inspired to find your next adventure here in wisconsin curious about how many trails we have or maybe wondering all the ways they can be used To answer those questions and more, we talked with DNR's Section Chief for Recreation Management in the Bureau of Parks and Recreation. My name is Bridget Brown, and I am a Section Chief for Recreation Management in the Bureau of Parks and Recreation in the Division of Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. Uh, Prior to that, I was the State Trails Coordinator for about 15 years. We brought you in to talk about our trails today because we have a lot of them, and they're pretty awesome. And it turns out that it's not just a simple question of how many we have. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what it is that we have here in Wisconsin for trails? Yeah, well, we have a really rich history of trails here in Wisconsin. Um, Everything from the first rail-to-trail conversion in the Elroy-Sparta State Trail uh, to uh, the Ice Age Trail and the North Country Trail to National Scenic Trails, Um, the Ice Age Trail, 
uh, is one of the only national scenic trails that is contained entirely in one state. Uh, and the Ice Age Trail also has the distinction of being Wisconsin's only state scenic trail, a special designation that it has in state law. What does scenic trail mean for it? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, well, it sounds really nice, so yeah. that's uh, one thing. But essentially, uh, it it's a designation that was given uh, at a federal level. Uh, so it is a national scenic trail. There are also national historic trails. Um, to me, I think, uh, although a lot of the National Historic Trails are things like uh, Natchez Trace, um, you know, Trail of Tears, uh, those kinds of trails that have a really rich um, cultural history, uh, the Ice Age Trail is really special because uh, it really commemorates geology and the Ice Age formations that are uh, so abundant here in Wisconsin. So it's it's scenic in that you know you get to see a lot of the beauty of Wisconsin and a lot of our geologic uh, Ice Age history, um, but uh, also just Wisconsin's beauty. What can you do on state trails in Wisconsin? Oh, wow, that's a great question. So we have all kinds of opportunities on state trails in Wisconsin. Everything from walking and snowshoeing and skiing to um, more uh, motorized pursuits and uh, opportunities like off-highway motorcycling, which is a fairly new program here in Wisconsin, uh, snowmobiling, ATVing, uh, UTVing. UTVs are kind of the um, souped-up golf cart-looking type devices uh, that are treated very similar to all-terrain vehicles or ATVs here in Wisconsin. We also have a lot of equestrian trails. Um, we have a lot of diversity in the kinds of pursuits that people enjoy here in Wisconsin on trails. So even among bicycling, there are a lot of different kinds of trails. So what we've done here at DNR is divided those into some different categories so people have a better idea of the kind of experience they can expect and maybe even the kind of equipment they might want to have with them. Uh, so we have bicycle touring trails, which are you know sort of the easier trails like our trails, a lot of our limestone surface trails on former railroad beds. Uh, they're generally appropriate for all levels of uh, cycling ability and, and bikes with pretty skinny tires. Then we have off-road bicycle trails, and those are a little bit more intermediate level trails, often in the woods, and they have a variety of surfacing from just native soil to to wood chips. Um, they're, you know, maybe more appropriate for folks with a little bit more experience and who are looking for a little bit more of an adventure in the woods. Uh, they're appropriate for, you know, hybrid type bikes uh, or mountain bikes as well. Then we also have constructed mountain bike trails. These are trails that are really purpose built for bicycling um, in a challenging way. They're, they're a more narrow width, usually about 18 to 24 inches inches in width, and uh, they're, they're built to pretty specific standards uh, for mountain biking. That's not to say, though, that other uses don't really enjoy them. We have um, a lot of other folks, um, whether they be pedestrians, uh, hikers, runners, walkers, uh, who enjoy that kind of trail as well. Snowshoers, we find, also really uh, often enjoy those more narrow kind of intimate trails um, that uh, our constructed mountain bike trails offer. 
Yeah. So some of these are kind of multi-use, you know, you can bike them, you can run them, you can hike them. Some of them are more specialized where, you know, maybe you can only snowmobile on them or um, only cross-country ski on them at different times of year. Yeah, that's a really good point. All of our trails are open to people walking and, and those basic pedestrian uses, um, with the exception of our groomed cross-country ski trails. Um, we don't want people walking on those, and so we have what's called administrative code that says, essentially, when one of our trails is groomed, uh, don't hike on it, don't allow your dog on it, um, because we want to preserve that really specific experience of those tracks uh, for the cross-country skiers. Um, but yeah, we have a whole variety of trails that are open to a lot of different uses. And I think a good way maybe to think about it is that trails will have uh, multiple uses that are allowed uses. So you can do bicycling, you can do ATVing, you can walk on a trail. However, they may not be uh, kind of the the experience that's catered to on that trail. So a lot of times, um, you know, we, we have a motorized trail that is open to a whole variety of uses, um, but in large part, it is uh, designed and maintained for mm, usually that motorized use. So you can definitely walk on it. You can definitely bicycle on it, but it may not be a bicyclist or a walker's most desired experience. So um, we encourage folks to kind of think about what their desired experience is, and we do our best to provide information and provide facts about all of our different trails so that folks can really find an experience that is going to meet their needs and, and really meet what they're looking for. Yeah, for sure. So before we got started here, you kind of had mentioned that one of the things you like to do is long-distance hike, and we have some resources on our website specifically about that. What is your favorite long-distance hike in Wisconsin? Oh, that's a great question. You know, I, I have to say the Kettle Moraine is always a classic. Um, we're fortunate to have uh, some great backpacking experiences here in Wisconsin. Of course, we have our two national scenic trails with the North Country Trail and the Ice Age Trail. And what we've done is we've provided online, if you, uh, if you look up uh, on our website and type in backpacking, we have some kind of sample experiences for folks. And, you know, they can say, hey, I, I'm new to this backpacking thing. Maybe I just want to try one night. Well, we have some uh, areas where we suggest, hey, you can park here. You can hike out on this trail, camp here, and then hike back the next day. Um, maybe you want to try a few more days. Uh, and we have some, some sampling sample itineraries uh, for that as well. What do you need to be able to use Wisconsin State Trails? Do you need to buy any sort of a pass or admission stickers or anything like that? Yeah, so we do require vehicle admission stickers at a lot of our properties. So once you get into the property, if it does require that vehicle admission sticker, then we also have some trails that require a state trail pass. So what that is is just a... It's a, a piece of paper that allows you for the calendar year to access our state trails. Uh, if you're doing so by bicycle or horse or cross-country ski, um, and that isn't across the board. It's for certain uses on certain trails. And 
we do explain exactly where it's required and for what uses on our website if you just type in keyword uh, trail pass. Is there any trail etiquette that users should be aware of? Yeah, that's a great question, and thank you for asking. Um, this is one of the things that I, I really wish more people knew about. Um, so basic trail etiquette. Uh, and and sometimes it gets confusing because if you're if you're walking or bicycling on a road, uh, it's really different. But if you're on a trail, in general, you want to stay to the right of the trail, pass people on their left, let people know that you're passing. Now we have a lot of folks who are at different speeds and different skill levels, and it's really frankly just the polite thing to do to say, hey, on your left and to let someone know uh, that you're going to be passing them. They won't always hear you. Uh, we do have a lot of folks that uh, like using the trails with, uh, with headphones on or earbuds in, but um, at least doing your best to alert others to let them know that you're passing. You know, I think always looking before you want to change your position on a trail, whether you're going to be passing someone else or you want to avoid something, um, you know, a lot of it really just focuses on um, kind of the golden rule of treating others how you'd like to be treated, you know, being polite. And, and when in doubt, uh, I think yielding to other users is a good rule of thumb as well. Anything else you want us to know about Wisconsin State Trails? It can be considered that Wisconsin's trails are the windows to the DNR in that Trails can be a really great way for folks who don't necessarily have a lot of outdoor experience to have sort of a, a low consequences or a, a, an easier introduction to, to being outside and to experiencing DNR lands. You know, we have, we have trails, uh, especially some of our state trails, our rail trails in urban areas. And, you know, just getting on one of those trails and seeing where it takes you, it's, it's a great experience and a great way to get introduced to some areas and, and places and some of the beauty of Wisconsin that you might not otherwise see. It's an easy way to just get out there and go for a little ways and turn around and come back. You don't have to commit to a, a lot of it. Absolutely. Learn more about how you can explore Wisconsin's outdoors by visiting dnr.wi.gov and searching for keyword, find your adventure. Be sure to subscribe to Wild Wisconsin Off the Record wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review or tell us who you'd like to hear from next time. Thanks for listening.